understanding the connection between financial planning and leadership really comes down to human capital. Mm. Um, like people leave people, they don't leave companies. So it's how do we create a culture of value? Welcome to She Leads, a podcast about leadership, faith, and relationships. I'm your host, Thea, and I'm so glad that you tuned in today. Uh, I want to take a moment and promote Think Pink. Uh, L.M. Schaefer, who was called out a bunch on our episode with Amy Vogel, has a nonprofit organization that's all about empowering young women. She offers Bible studies and resources, so be sure to check her out. And thank you, Ellen, for all your support and encouragement as well. Um, as always, I want to invite you into the conversation. Share your questions, your comments, your feedback. You can send those to sheleadscomments at gmail.com, and I'd love to read them on air. Um, today, I'm excited to uh, welcome Tinja Anderson to the podcast, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself and how we got connected. Hi, Hi. Uh, my name is Tinja Anderson. I am a financial planner and a consultant, and um, how we got, how, how in depth do you want? <laughs> Just service level. How do we know each other? Why'd you say yes? Yeah. Um, so I originally met Will Garay, who um, runs a separate podcast, um, Coffee Business Coffee Hour, um, but he also runs Charlie Mike. Um, and so I met him while I was reigning as Ms. Texas International at the Wheelchairs for Warrior, and they had Charlie Mike out there. And so just serving a greater purpose and then continuing that relationship. And then he connected us. And so the reason I said yes, obviously, one, because of the, the purpose, you're serving such a greater purpose um, to just connect and continue to educate and expand people's horizons around what's available to them, especially on the leadership side. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, yeah. welcome. I'm so glad to have you. And I always want to uh, point out, like, Will is such a great connector. Yes. Um, he has been super phenomenal, just not only in supporting and encouraging me and she leads, but also like connecting me to people who might also want to get involved. So uh, I'm grateful that he did. And in our initial conversation, your energy and passion yeah. about everything that you do was an easy sell of like 100%. She has to come on um, so the podcast. So welcome. Uh, let's just jump into it. Talk to me about your current role um, and goals of financial planning at uh, the company you work for right now? Yeah. So, um, so I actually run two businesses. So I still run my family's consultancy, doing strategic sales, communications consulting, where it's really building out business cases, identifying um, like fast track talent. They build out a high gain opportunity into a business case, teach them how to present and negotiate it. So it's really getting in the weeds around the business and teaching them to um, essentially expand, like meet and exceed global market demands, depending on where they're at in the business. Okay. But I also still, um, I build out my um, financial planning practice. So working on businesses to essentially establish their succession plan. So identifying where their financial position is, the valuation of the business, and then making sure that we're um, protecting and scaling that business across the board so that we're um, efficient when it comes to building their wealth outside of the business yeah. because we can't time the exit. Like literally... It's 100% going to happen. You're going to exit your business at some point. Yeah. So given that literally most business owners have 80% of their wealth tied up into their business, how do we make sure that we're like protecting that and growing that outside of that that existing entity? So Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a long-winded answer. No, that's <laughs> great. That's great. Even, even in something that could kind of be so technical yeah. or maybe other people brush it off as, as even boring, like financial planning. You have so much energy and excitement uh, about it. Most people have no idea what I just said. So, <laughs> like, if I'm going to dumb it down and simplify what I do, like, I basically just um, 
we do uh, like financial and uh, protection strategies for business owners to ensure that we're protecting the family, the business, and the team yeah. um, across the board. So. Talk to me a little bit. So what does that really offer your clients? What is it that, you know, being willing to take a moment and plan for financial minimum security, yeah. but even financial uh, luxury and enjoyment yeah. and assurance? What it, I mean, what does that really offer your clients? Yeah, Um like when you boil it down, uh, it gives them peace of mind mm-hmm. and predictability. So being able to, what I, I endearingly call it, like organizing your financial junk drawer. Uh-huh. Like what is it that you have? What is it that you need to have? Where are the gaps? How do we solve for those gaps? What is it that you'd like to have and how do we get there? Um, so really figuring out how do we understand what it is that we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, one of the things that we were talking about like up front was like the, the freedom like, what is, how do you define freedom versus success? So, like, right. I have, so, in preparation, I have, I, I personally have several coaches and mentors and, like, a sphere of influence that I, I enjoy going to school on. And so, I posed a couple of these questions to them just to, just to in, get a reaction, try to understand what it is that they're seeing from their lens as far as leadership and financial planning goes and, like, the difference between that and one of them Amy um, Jamrog, she's a financial planner, but she's also a phenomenal author. She wrote um, Confetti Moments. Okay. Um, she's one of my coaches, and she had an interesting insight. She said there's a difference between the financial freedom and financial success, mm-hmm. and ultimately she wants to get to a point of financial uh, freedom to be able to essentially have that give-back philosophy, being able to, to give back to the community, the philanthropy side, families taken care of, bills are taken care of, all the things that you want are taken care of. So that's the 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 success, yeah. but the freedom really gives you that um, ability to do what you really truly want to do to serve that higher purpose. Yeah. yeah. I've shared before that um, really following Dave Ramsey's philosophy on financial freedom is one of the reasons that allowed me to even leave my full-time nonprofit career, take six months off and figure out that ministry is where I wanted to go. And then to pay for seminary and to um, start at a much lower income uh, bracket than I was than I was at a nonprofit. And something that he loves, he says that I really, really love is that we learn to live, um, live, uh, to live and give in a, in a new way, right? And so that you learn to live in a new way so that you can give in a new way and that you can, and that's even like on a small scale, uh, a family member needs a hundred bucks for something. And if you have created a financial freedom plan, then you have that ability to say, here you go. If you can maybe back, great. It's, it's really a gift. I want to be able to help you with this, right? Or to really be able to support some big projects um, or even start things that you're really passionate about that fill real needs, um, you know, in local and, and global community. And so I really align with that idea of like learning to live and give yeah. like no one else because yeah. this is really what we're after. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the connection between financial freedom, financial planning, and successful leaders. Where do you see those? Yeah. So sim- I, I love that question. So like I really sat on some of these questions because it's like there's so many different avenues that you could go down rabbit holes to like respond to this. Um, because ultimately <laughs> a business can be so the reason I keep going back to businesses is because like ultimately if you're going to be in leadership, you have to have that CEO mindset. Mm-hmm. It is, no matter if you have leaders under you, above you, 
you are the owner of that role and responsible for the success of those key uh, performance indicators that are under your purview and the people that report to you, right? So it's like you're owning your own business. That entity yeah. is yours. And so um, that's my mindset coming in specifically to talk about leadership as like the CEO, the business owner, whether you're the owner or not. Um, so like understanding the connection between financial planning and leadership really comes down to human capital. Um, like people leave people, they don't leave companies. So it's how do we create a culture of value? Um, it's the empowering situational leadership mindset versus what we endearingly call mushroom management, which is just keep them in the dark and, you know, feed them, Mm. you know, the the, the good stuff. (laughs) Um, but really it's, um, you know, how do I empower my people to meet and exceed what our, our team goals and strategic plan is. Um, so really having a clearly defined vision, mission, core values. But then again, have like winners keep score. Mm. So how do we make progress towards goal? And we don't know that unless we like measure it. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of my roles as a financial planner is to help make sure that we can um, create uh uh, situations where they can attract and retain. Yeah. So it's the reason I hesitate is because I'm heavily regulated by compliance. Sure. So there's there's a difference between like advice and education. Sure. And so I just have to make sure that I'm not talking actual advice in this capacity. <laughs> so when we're talking about attracting and retaining top talent, there are different things that we can put in place in order to financially incentivize them. Uh-huh. And so that as part of that, you know, it's like the leadership mindset. Yes, absolutely. We have to identify the right people, but we uh-huh. also have to figure out how to keep them. Yeah. And then scale with you all like being able to create that golden handcuff mm. so that they can um, almost put aside the growing pains mm. so to, to support you through the growing pains as well. So yeah, it, for me, that that's where the connection is. Well, and I even think on, even just on a broader level, I mean, any good leader who's leading towards success is planning on it, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is something I find in ministry sometimes. It's like, hey, guys, Christmas is coming. I realize it's only September, but we need to start thinking about it now (laughs) if we want it to be awesome, if we want it to have excellence, if we want it to meet the goal that we have, what is our goal of having a Christmas Eve service, right? Even just getting down into that. And so, and I find the same thing just personally working with our own financial planner is that he would just ask us, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. What do you want your life to look like? when you retire, when you're no longer drawing the income you have now, but also how do you want your life to look now? Yeah. You know, and, and, and what are some, some big things? What are just some, some, let's start small. How do you want your month to look? How much money do you want, you know, cushioned, um, or, or how big are your goals for the future? And so that just that idea of, I love what you, you said, uh, winners keep score. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, leaders plan to win. You know, they plan for what they're after. And so if you don't take that time, and especially with your money, which is required for everything we do, like, how do you expect, you know, to get to success? Mm -hmm. What are some, from an educational standpoint, what are some (laughs) pitfalls um, and mistakes that leaders should be careful of, especially when they're thinking about their financial planning, but maybe even planning overall, if you want it to be a little more general? Yeah. Well, so... Just as like the a technical, um, as a business owner, not planning for the end in mind. 
Mm. So starting with the end in mind and working your way back. Yeah. So what does that look like? How do you actually build and secure your foundation? And then how do we scale? Yeah. So like that piece, again, because we want to have a, like we want to diversify across the board, but figuring out where we're putting what and why and for what time horizon is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as just leadership in general, um, I find I find that it's crucial to build out your dream team. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, literally like hiring for, you know what you're really good at. You're an expert in a, in a specific capacity. But how do I hire for my gaps? And then making sure that that's communicated across the board. So for me, I'm not necessarily an expert, but I have a team of experts to support me when I'm doing a gap analysis to ensure that we're creating the right solution to solve for that challenge or compounding challenges. Sure. Um, so for me, it's that that's crucial for execution, for analysis, um, for for service across the board. Um, I also find that keep getting a coach, mm. like. If you're not continually expanding your horizons and challenging your existing perspectives, then it's it's real, and you're not you're not moving with the ages for technology or or how culture is going and all of that, but also just the self awareness side. Yeah. Uh, always having a coach is is crucial, um, even if you don't particularly enjoy their style. Yeah, like I find I always find that I have the most growth when I when I'm dealing with somebody that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. And trying to understand why they are uh-huh. reacting the, the way they are uh-huh. or getting behind what it is they're, they're saying yeah. and really figuring out what is they're trying to get me to do yeah, and how do I adjust to that. So that, that was always a really interesting engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I actually have, have had coaches uh, professionally uh, for the last couple of years. So just I've got a clergy coach, someone just to coach me, not my current boss, not um, even someone I'm doing ministry alongside, someone who's got an outside perspective with a little bit of a different experience. Um, but it also, I'm also, uh, a, I was a CrossFit coach for years and have CrossFit for, for almost 10 years now. And even that I've changed, you know, my, my gym multiple times and learning from a new coach. Now, nobody will ever compare to my first coach, Sally Hoffman um, from Chuck Monkey in Pasadena. But as I have moved to new places and, and, and just have had to have a new coach, they've been able to give, give and see things that either Sally stopped seeing or I stopped responding to whatever her, resp- you know, yeah. her cue was. And they've been able to help me say, oh, Oh, something new. And I, so that's something I always find really, really valuable about an outside, a coach um, who is on your team, right? They're not against you, but are able to see things from a different perspective. Um, And even the idea of they're paid by you to accomplish your goals. Like, how does it get better than that? You know, there's no competing goals yeah. here. Their their job is to get you to win. And yeah. so what a like, um, again, almost freedom that mm-hmm. offers when you're willing to let somebody in who at minimum just has a different perspective, coming from it from a different angle, right? Um, again, back to CrossFit, we don't usually have mirrors in our gym because we want a coach to watch us from all different angles and see what we can't see. Um, And that's kind of the same mentality I I see from whether it's a financial planner, a business coach, Um, mentors and friends can also do that, but in a different capacity, right? Like, again, the thing about a coach is like, they're paid. 
to help me win. Um, and I think that can be really, really phenomenal. So what I'm finding really fascinating with my coach right now is uh, we're working on this the power pause. Mm-hmm. So mm. right? Say more. So literally when, when you're, so it's the difference between being like reactionary and then strategic. So how do I, when I'm in crisis or dealing with something challenging or challenging individual, how do I make sure to remove the emotion? How do I give myself the freedom mm. to process the situation so that I can be strategic in how I approach it? Yeah. So again, bring it back to how do I give myself enough space, either surrounding myself with the experts, putting the processes in place, but also just controlling myself mm. and creating a power pause when I know I'm going to yeah. react. Uh, even if you're in crisis, you know, if we're going to take it back to, to you know, the five paragraph order, how do I make sure that I'm replicating leadership and, and creating that? that situational awareness for myself and for the team in order to make sure that we're, we're executing at the back end. So I love that. But what it does really do to take it back to the no mirrors thing, it, it forces you to elevate and visualize so that you can see all the, all the pieces. And so one of the things that I do consulting when we're doing persuasive presentation prep is I I have those individuals visualize, have their out of body experience and literally visualize them playing the movie of what they're going to do, how they're going to say it, and then map it with their hands and feet so that it becomes muscle memory. Um, So I'm I'm forcing, my coach is literally forcing me to take my own advice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is really like a a interesting experience for myself right now. Uh, So it's it's great when you're surrounded by leaders who already have that behavior, um, like habit, like it's already ingrained in them. So being able to replicate that is really important for me. I love that so much. And it got me super perked up because just as women, mm-hmm. um, I think a gift that we bring to the leadership realm is our emotion, is our in our connection to other people and how they're feeling and our empathy. Like these are all pluses that we bring to the table, I think are highly valuable. And because we're bringing so much that it can sometimes be overwhelming. Um, and I too have coached uh, p- women on my team and just, you know, friends and, and, and to say, hey, it's okay for you to say, this is no longer a good time to have this conversation. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's pause uh, and come back to it or to just take that breath. Sometimes too, I think we feel like if we are nervous or we're losing in some form, we've got to just fill the space with, with words. Right, and that maybe we'll figure it out. Like, what does Michael Scott say? Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going to end. You know? <laughs> but instead of doing that, like, just go ahead and take that pause mm. and breathe and take a moment to kind of regroup. And I love what you said to revisualize. Where do I want this to go? How do I want this conversation to end? Where do I want this meeting to actually get me? And how do I make that happen? You also mentioned the visualizing, and it just reminded me, I don't know if you've seen the movie Champions. It's on Amazon Prime with Woody Harrelson, where he leads a... um, I should. (laughs) I'll go watch it. It's adorable. (laughs) But he's leading a group of adults with mental and physical disabilities um, in a, you know, recreational basketball team, right? Um, But they're going to actually go to the Special Olympics, and so he's like, visualize, visualize, and he's painting the whole picture for them, right? And they actually finally get excited about it. Um, and then it was just so adorable because at the end it actually all comes true. And as he's saying it, you're almost kind of like, 
not going to happen, buddy, you know? But then you do see this moment where, okay, we visualized it. And then as it's happening, there's a little twist. I don't want to totally blow it, but there's a little <laughs> twist. So when it's actually happening, they're loving it because they were able to finally visualize it. I actually find that sometimes as leaders, whether, again, talking about our financial futures or, or goals, or just let's take what does Christmas Eve look like? It's hard to like visualize. <clears throat> And this is almost where that, hey, again, if we talk about something now, if we talk about my retirement now when I'm 40, I have so much freedom that it could be anything I want mm -hmm. because I have 20 plus years to get there, right? And so by giving myself this long runway, I can get so creative in that visualization of what I want this thing to be. And then it's actually, it's not... Um, handcuffing me it's okay if that's what you want well let's get to work yeah let's make that happen maybe we don't order amazon so much maybe we cut back on the coffees or whatever <laughs> else right it's one trip a year and not whatever yeah. and so to start like okay this is actually freeing me mm. into something else where where else are you seeing that freedom for your clients for yourself and that ability and willingness to plan for that visualized future yeah i I find that most people, when they get to a place where they're ready to plan, it's urgent. So mm, yeah. things, things don't happen unless they're both important and urgent. And so a lot of times it's really important and they know it's important, but until it becomes urgent, nothing ever gets done. And so when they get to me, it's, it's, they're trying to find the right solution or the right person and they're not finding it somewhere else. So then it gets to me and I'm like, all right, can we do a robust gap analysis, please? Like, I want to do all of that. So it's just like that, that freedom of going through that process is extremely uncomfortable to go through it. Mm -hmm. But then when they get there, it it's really cool because that scalability just replicates across the board. Um, so, I mean, as far as like how, how to get there, um, I mean, the baseline just as far as the, the structure, right, if we're just going to be strategic and clinical about it. It's just understanding that strategic dashboard. I do something for myself personally, but also from the business standpoint where it's like you're you're identifying your vision, your mission, your core values, um, and then the actual execution plan for what you're going to measure from KPIs and yeah. um, you know all of that aspect. But by doing that, then you have tangible action items that are manageable to give you that freedom. Yeah. Um, and then also it gives you freedom to replicate it for other people. So it's, again, always about that give back. So it's, it's about how do I make sure that this is something that's, that's replicatable for somebody else um, that's seeking that, uh -huh. that structure, um, that freedom, yeah. um, that peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, for instance, or an example for just for you personally, like this place where just taking a moment yeah. to dream and plan mm. really, you know, set you free? Yeah. Absolutely. I do actually, <laughs> uh, like real, real personal. Um, so I never like actually created like a personal development plan for myself because in my twenties I was literally working like 80 hour days every day, like traveling nonstop globally. So then I would do that every single week. Uh, so that burnout was real. And so when I finally like stopped, it was a downturn in oil, like it was 2017, downturn in the oil and gas cycle. Um, and we're, we're like, okay, well, what do we do now? <laughs> what do I do now? My parents are tired. And uh, I hadn't ever actually thought about what I wanted for myself. And I didn't know how to actually make that choice. 
and I like I didn't like it was par- like analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Too many options. Yeah. What is it that I can do? What is it I want to do? What am I capable of? What I want to learn? It was just it was it was paralyzing. So I technically had freedom and freedom of time to figure out what I want to do, but it was really difficult. So I actually ended up create started like creating this bucket list of just like. It was, it's literally 10 pages long. <laughs> um, but then I would prioritize three things every single week. So it's like, what do I want to learn? What do I want to try? What do I want to accomplish? And so I would, I would prioritize three things every single week for an entire year. And then I got to the point where I'm actually building out like a, a strategic annual plan for the five things I want to achieve that are more um, like project oriented or fitness oriented or health oriented. But yeah. then it's also just the business side and how do they align? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was very clinical. No, it's great because, well, you're just, you're just, you're showing like, hey, this is what I'm teaching. Yeah. And this is how I'm actually living it out, which is helpful because I think for folks who have gotten into a cycle of uh, failure to plan, feeling like they're too busy catching up or just treading water, um, that, that often I think, like you said, either the world, uh, the economy, or our bodies and minds will kind of force us to stop. And then it's our decision of what we're going to do. If we're going to regroup and make a new plan or just, you know, take a deep breath and go back in it to what we were doing before. And so I love that you were able to just like, okay, let me take this time. I've shared to you that kind of, that was, that was me when I left a nonprofit career and I, I was already in seminary. Like I knew I was being called to something, but to accept it was ministry and I work at a church was, I don't know, I wasn't ready for all that, you know, but same thing. I had to take six months. And in that time, I just thought, who do I want to talk to? Who I have time to go to coffee and lunch. Who could I meet? Who could share with me their story? Um, and then start to like, okay. And then it was really like, all right, savings is getting low. We're going to have to figure out a new plan. <laughs> and then it was this willingness to take just a small step in and, you know, and, and see it happen. So what would be uh, one next step you would suggest for a leader today to gain more financial freedom? Mm. I actually want to piggyback off of that, what okay, you just said sure. about taking risk um, and how that tied to one of your previous questions. So what does freedom allow leaders to do? Mm-hmm. It allows them to actually take more risk. Mm-hmm. So they, they're able to have that bird's eye view but they can strategically take risk because they're not firefighting. So yeah. that, that would be my more accurate, like, add-on to that question. I like it. Um, but yeah, so the question that you, you just asked is, like, next steps. Yeah, one next step to gain financial freedom. I, you know, I, I, I read that when it, in prep, and I was like, one next step. There's just so many next steps. <laughs> um, you know, I... One is if you're a business owner, take get an evaluation of your business mm. immediately. Get your baseline. Where are you? Um, both both is like business readiness, personal readiness, business attractiveness. What what do those scores actually look like? Mm-hmm. So that you know where your gaps are, mm-hmm. because that will give you peace of mind around how you need to allocate time and resources to solving those gaps. Yeah. Because just like the market, you cannot time your exit. Uh So, I mean, yes, you can, but it's Uh very difficult, almost impossible to plan for the what if scenarios. Uh And in order for us to actually 
maximize what that exit looks like, mm-hmm. you have to have the foundation. You have to have the protection. You have to have that diversification across the board and, and the right people in, in play. Um, otherwise, that plan, that, that vision that you have is not, mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so valuation number one. Uh, yeah, number two, I would definitely just get clear on your strategic plan which means like your strategic dashboard, literally create a dashboard, one pager and put up on your wall. It says, this is my vision. This is my mission. These are my core values. What are my key initiatives that I am working on right this second? So that way you don't get squirrely. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that that forces you to allocate funds in the right way. Uh, So as far as, I I would work with a financial planner. If we're going to plug that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> how do, how, that's actually perfect. How can people connect with you if yeah. they're like, I don't understand a half of what she just said, but it sounds like it's something I need to at least learn more about. How can they find you? Yeah, so compliance will tell you <laughs> that in order to, to chat with me uh, about mm-hmm. financial planning, you can reach out to me um, on LinkedIn at Tinja Anderson. You can reach out to me directly at Tinja at financialguide.com. It's like Ninja, but with a T, T-I-N-J-A. Um, personally, you can follow me at, on Instagram, uh, at Tinja Anderson. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I lo- this has been such a, just again, energetic and exciting, uh, conversation about something that again, can feel pretty technical. Clinical is a word you use the multiple times. And I think sometimes people just put it off. They don't, they just hope. Um, and one of my favorite, uh, church, uh, consultants teams always says, you know, hope is not a strategy. Uh, we have got to make a plan, you know, and the church is not, um, exempt from that reality to churches close all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pastors go without a congregation. And so this idea is truth that we also, as, as, uh, those in that market and that field also have to be willing to plan, but then also just for ourselves, you know, none of us want to be, I don't want to, you know, check receipts at the Walmart door, you know, when I'm 80. That's not that's not my personal goal and plan. And so how do I make sure that I can enjoy, you know, the fruit of my work and my time and and then also, you know, support and be a part of really making changes and impacts um, around the world. So um, thank you again for, for being here today. Uh, we'll, we'll continue for part two. And thank you for joining in. As always, would love to have your comments, your feedback, your questions. Um, what, how are you planning? Have you thought about planning? Um, how do you tackle that big, um, exciting work? Send those to sheleadscomments at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. She Leads is produced by me, Thea Curry-Fusen, recorded and edited by Paraland Podcast Studios. All thoughts and expressions shared by the guests are theirs and not the organizations they're affiliated with. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week to continue the conversation on She Leads.